At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to Get a Grip with Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Get a Grip podcast. I'm Shane Bacon. Hope you guys are having an awesome week cooling off in the Northeast, which is okay because I've got four rounds of golf scheduled this week. I'm very excited about this. Before we get to our incredible guests today, by the way, one of my favorite podcasts I've ever done in my entire life today that you're going to listen to. So I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I enjoy doing it. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to remind you as we get closer to the holidays I wrote a children's golf book last year called The Golfer's Zoo, and it's for young kids to get them interested in the game of golf. That's the hope. It's about animals on the golf course and parents going and playing, and the illustrations are unbelievable. Eviel Basile did it, and he did an amazing job with the illustrations. But if you want to order it, you can go to back9press.com slash bacon, or it's available on Amazon as well. Great gift for expecting parents, parents of young kids, uh, anybody out there that has kids that is obsessed with golf. Uh, it's a good gift to give them or their kids. So keep that in mind as we get closer to December and the holidays. Let me get to the podcast today because I want to set it up the right way. If you were not watching the Corn Ferry Tour finals about a week and a half ago, first shame on you. Why were you not? Some of the best drama of the entire year in our sport. Uh, remind yourself, by the way, to do that next year because it is really, really one of the great days in golf uh, As you're, if you're watching. Not a great day if you're playing. Very stressful, and we'll get to that. Shad Tootin is a 31-year-old journeyman golfer who was inside the top 30 with a few holes to play. So top 30, get your PGA Tour card. 31 and beyond does not get your PGA Tour card. You're talking probably a million-plus in terms of a difference between being 30 and 31. It was lift clean in place all week at Victoria National because it was really wet and rainy and gross, and it was the right call. Uh, we get to 15, the par 5, Shad Tootin in the fairway, picks his ball up, places it down, it rolls uh, forward, so he picks it back up. He gets into this, by the way, in the podcast, puts it back down. Uh, he hits it up by the green, makes a putt from off the green, makes birdie, finishes the day, makes bogey at the last hole. Mr. 30 is Shad Tootin. Well, you go back to 15. He actually put the ball in a different place, and when we say different place, we're talking literal inches away. Uh, kind of go back to, if you remember Tiger Woods at the Masters when he dropped, and then he dropped, and it was a different spot, and that whole penalty happened um, back in the day when he was wearing the yellow weird shirt. Kind of similar to that ruling, if you will. Places it back, ends up getting penalized. Gets a two-shot penalty, so the birdie he made on the par five is now a six at the 15th, and that cost him his PJ Tour card. He went from... Mr. 30, last guy to get your card, to 32nd on the points list, does not get his PGA Tour card, and that was that. Literal inches away, an inch away, if you will, from playing PGA Tour golf next season and now without you know a top five at Q school, a Corn Ferry Tour season next year. So I asked Shad to come on. I know it's been a crazy, emotional last week and a half for him. He agreed to it. I asked him last week. He said, give me a few days but I'd love to eventually talk about it. It'd be therapeutic to do so. Shad came on. It was as good as expected, if not better. And so we'll get to it. But I wanted to give you the background, if you weren't watching, to give you an idea of what all happened uh, on those final, whatever, four or five holes on Sunday of the Corn Ferry Tour Finals. So you know that. You got the information. Let's get to Shad Tootin. Shad Tootin is with us now. Shad, um, first of all, I appreciate you uh, taking the time. I know uh, the last week and a half probably haven't been the most ideal week and a half of your life um, professionally, so thank you. How many podcasts have you been involved in is the first question I have for you. Is this like a, a thing that's been a part of your golfing career to this point? Yeah. So to, to answer your question, um, I haven't really been involved in any. I've wanted to, but I've, I've kind of allowed myself to heal and uh, – 
you're actually the lucky one. You're the first one. So um, it's been, I, I mean, I've had, I've had 25 people ask me to do podcasts uh, to answer your question. Yeah. Hey, j- just if you could, I mean, I, I set up everything that had happened with you and the tour championship and all that, you know, at the 15th hole, mm-hmm. can you just walk us through that Sunday? Because, you know, we're following along um, yeah. just, just so you know, like, not just because you have an amazing name for a broadcaster. I mean, Chad Tootin, <laughs> as somebody that has bacon as their last name, that's been, you know, yeah. that's been teased and had a lot of fun with over the years. I mean, Chad Tootin is like the best possible golf <laughs> name, just rolls off the tongue. And we knew, you know, I mean, Nitties and I knew your journey and we know what it's been like mm-hmm. um, coming up. I mean, you didn't go to a big college. It really has been the journeyman journey through professional golf. So, we can't root on the telecast, but I mean, to be fair, we're rooting for you to get your PGA tour card. Yeah. Just walk us through the last hour and a half, walk us through 15 when you make the birdie putt mm-hmm. through 18 and when you started to either hear murmurs or find out that you might get penalized. Yeah. So, so obviously I hit a pretty rough tee shot on 15. It was, it's a kind of a goofy tee shot for me because I have about 20 yards to land it with a driver. And if you hit it off the, uh, off the fairway, you basically are, reteeing so hit a pretty rough tee ball but ended up you know being in a decent spot where I could get it down there in the fairway I laid it up I was dead center of the fairway um kind of on a down slope but I had like 150 something yards and the wind was pumping that day so it had to be you know I I hit an eight iron from there um and so let me kind of set the stage so before I hit in the video that you can see um I was turned around kind of looking um the guys behind me were standing on top of the hill trying to set up a camera for guys that were coming into the fairway and a volunteer was coming over and talking to them. They were pretty loud. So I had to back off. So that took like, try not to exaggerate, like a little over a minute. Okay. Um, and it is what it is. You know, it happens. It's part of, part of professional golf. It happens. Um, so not saying that it led to anything, but that's just kind of the way it went. Um, my caddy and I got the yardage. So, so you're you're like getting into the shot, and you're kind of getting distracted. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of getting back out of it. Is that kind of the deal? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I went through the whole process, had to back up just because they were talking. I, I mean, it took me a minute and a half to hit the shot. Um, so okay. So get down there, mark my golf ball like I normally do, like all week. We played lifting in place pretty much the whole week or the whole week, and. Um, marks my golf ball. It rolled forward. Like I always mark my golf ball with a tee on it right up under the tide lift. So I know exactly where the center of the golf ball is. So it's a good aim point for me. Okay. Um, and when I looked down, my golf ball had rolled to where I only saw the white on the golf ball. So it rolled pretty, you know, half a roll forward. So I'm like, okay, it's, it's closer to my, you know, my intended target line or whatever. So ended up replacing it where I thought it was. And, Ended up hitting an awesome golf shot. It was a really tough shot because it was gusting up right there. Um, and I actually, um, you know, I was off the green, kind of just j- probably two or three feet, barely off the green there. And I was pretty nervous about, like, because with lift, clean, and place, you have a club length. So you can move it, you know, as far as you want within that club length. And when you're next to the green, you know, you, you just got to make sure that it's not closer to the hole. Right. Obviously, I knew I had cameras on me. So, you know, I, I literally put it like five inches back of where I thought that it should have been, <laughs> but I picked a straighter putt. So it was, you know, I I did what was within the rules and, you know, picked the straighter putt and ended up making that putt, which, you know, as a, as a professional golfer, I, I've been doing this for a long time. You kind of know where you are, like within it, obviously there's scoreboards and stuff, but totally. you, you, you don't really pay attention to it a terrible amount, but you know exactly where you are, I promise. Yep. Like when you're in the moment, like, you know, how much that putt meant, like it was a huge moment. I hadn't made a putt all day and I looked at my caddy and said, here we go. That's it. You know, like, let's... so that was a feeling to you that you felt like when you made that birdie putt, you were off the green. I mean, it was probably 25, 30 feet and you made it. Mm-hmm. Did you feel yeah. at that moment? Okay. Now we're probably, or we are mm-hmm. in the top 30 yeah. in theory. Is that kind of what you're saying? I knew I was close before okay. getting there because I had made a bogey on yep. 14. I knew I was close, but I didn't know exactly where it was, but I knew it meant, I knew what it meant at that point. Yeah. I mean, I played a uh, shed. I played mini tour golf and I used to tell my buddies, this was like, Oh, six, Oh, seven, Oh, eight. I used to tell my buddies, I knew if I made a cut or not, like I didn't have to yeah. go check oh, a yeah. board, like golfers yeah. kind of have this 
intern. It's like a parental intuition, right? That's right. Where you just kind of always feel like you know the number. And I would Ooh. have moments where I'd have a putt on 18 in the second round going, I know I have to make this. Even though I didn't know yeah. I had to make it, I knew internally that I felt like I had to make it. Yeah. And as you know, 95% of the time, 98% of the time, you're right. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. So, so kind of continuing on. So I made a great par on 16. That was, man, that is a hole where you have bad dreams about <laughs> coming through and down the stretch, man. That is such a tough golf hole. And it's, like literally an eight iron, but it's so tough. Um, For people that don't know, by the um, way, it's like a, it's basically like a like a island par three that has pretty much I think, ten tee boxes on the hole. I mean, I think yeah, they can stretch it, it. How far can they play it all the way back? Do you like, know? It, it's it, with a back pin, it can be over two hundred yards. It's it, it could get pretty ridiculous. <laughs> it's 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 very similar to the old Q school days when they played PJ West and you played the 17th hole yeah. there, it has a lot That's of similarities right. because everybody always goes to Sawgrass, but the landing area in Sawgrass is huge. It's wide. Yeah, it's it actually giant, looks friendlier. Yeah. And this landing area is skinny and long. So it doesn't look nearly as friendly. <laughs> it's so small. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I made a great par on 16 and uh, 17 is a really tough tee shot. It was straight into the wind. Um, and I hit a gem of a tee ball right down the middle. So at, so at that point in my round, I was like, all right, let me hit a green. Let me hit the next fairway in a green, and I got my tour card. Done. You know, like, it, you don't put pressure on yourself, but when you're in that situation, you know exactly what you have to do. And uh, so so I hit the tee ball. I'm walking up, and there's a big bridge that you have to walk across, and there's a rules official waiting on us as, you know, I'm walking to from from the bridge to the fairway to kind of get to my ball. And uh, he said, the rules official says, Shad, you know, this is everywhere right now. Um, and you need to look at this and tell me exactly what happened. And I'm like, okay, like, I don't know what's going on. So he shows me the video that everyone saw. And um, he was like, what did you do? I said, my ball rolled forward and I picked it up and placed it right back where it was. He's like, okay. So, and, and my caddy looked at me and he's like, is there anything wrong? I'm like, no chance. Like, I did everything I was supposed to do. No big deal. It's lift clean in place. Everybody knows what to do. No problem. So, so it's fine. Hit a, hit a decent shot up there. Um, ended up hitting one of the, were you thrown off? Were you, were you, when you were walking after that conversation now, now you'd, you'd kind of set your parameters for the next mm -hmm. two holes, right? Hit the second shot on 17, mm -hmm. yeah. find the plan on an 18, which again is one of the more stressful yeah. tee shots. I can only oh, yeah. imagine in pro golf, find, <laughs> find grass on 18, as you said, mm -hmm. I've got my tour card. Now you've right. got an interruption, if you will, mm -hmm. up to that second shot. Did you feel more stressed? Did you feel anything like pulling you in any direction there after that that conversation you had? I would say for the first 30 seconds, like as I was walking, uh, I, I spoke to my caddy too about it. And he asked, obviously, what's going on. Um, and at that point, I was like, ah, something's weird. My caddy was like, there's nothing wrong. Let's go take care of business. Right. You know, it is what it is. We we can't do anything about it. And and I, I have to give a lot of props to my caddy. So I brought someone up um, that I used to play and practice with professionally in Savannah, Georgia. His name's Chris Fackety. Hell of a guy. I, I'm in his wedding. We're best friends. Um, and like he 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 knows the deal. Like he he's he's been in that situation. He well not that situation, but right. in high stress situations to where. Um, you have to do certain things and he understands as a caddy that, you know, he, he needed to get me back focused and on level and where I needed to be. So that's what he did. When'd you bring him on, by the way, when, when did he start looping with you? Um, that was the first week. Um, no way. Uh, that, okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, <laughs> welcome, it's pretty wild. Welcome so. to the show. Jesus. <laughs> Here you yeah. go. And yeah. So, um, so to answer your question, like within the next 30 seconds, I was completely, you know, not even considering thinking about it. You know, I was going through my routine. Chris and I stuck to everything and hit a great chip. You know, it, it was one of the most stressful chips of my life, but I hit a great chip to about a foot and made the putt. So made my par on 17, which was huge at that moment. So there's a kind of a walk between 17 and 18, and you kind of have to weave through this path. And you don't really see anyone. So it was kind of nice to kind of get away from everything and kind of yep. look at the hole as you're walking up and, you know, visualize your shot and all that. So I step onto the tee box and I'm playing with Benny Coles and he, he had the tee. So he hit first, hit a great one. 
shots. And um, at that point, I hadn't pulled a club out of the bag yet. And we had hit driver there all week. And it was into the wind, so I knew I had to hit driver. So I put my hand on the driver, and the same rules official comes up again to the tee box on 18. And he's like, Shad, we need we need you to answer some questions, like, about this. And I'm like, hold on. On 18 T. Listen, oh, listen, I hate listen. this. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, let's pump the brakes. You know, I, I literally have to make par on this hole to get my tour card, and you can wait. I said, respectfully, I appreciate you, like, being concerned, but I got a tee shot to hit right here, and you don't have to hit this. I do. Well, and, and, and Shad, tell the people what the tee shot on 18 is like, because it's, oh I God. mean, it's – Watching on TV the day before, by the way, the final two groups, we had a triple uh-huh. and a quad on 18. Oh, I mean, yeah. it is a joke at Victoria National. So just set the stage for what you have to do on 18T. <laughs> yeah, so wind's in off the right. So there's two bunkers on the left that are okay. They're not bad. But if you hit it anywhere in the rough left or really in the bunkers, it's really hard to hit the green in two. Um, but if you hit the ball anywhere right of the fairway, it's all water and it's all carried. You cannot carry the water on this day because it's straight into the wind and it's kind of chilly. So, so you, you have probably a 20 to 25 yard area to be able to put this golf ball in. And if you hit it even further left, you're almost reteeing anyway. Yep. So it is an extremely tight and tough tee shot to ultimately get your tour card i mean it's crazy uh, tee oh, shot. Man, so, so so you tight, yeah. so you kind of re you kind of you kind of arms linked like let me do my thing here yeah let me yeah. play this 18th hole mm-hmm. yeah i was like uh, i was like look man I, I appreciate your concern but we can talk about this after yeah like yeah respectfully yep and um so at this point i'm rattled because yep. you know he came up to me on 17 and i didn't think there was an issue you you, you come up to me again there's going to be an issue. Right. There's there's not anything that's okay about, you know, the second time a rules official come up comes up and talks to you. So obviously I'm thinking about it. You know, I somewhat kind of rushed through the tee shot, hit it left, end up making like a sloppy bogey. Um, I had a putt um, from like 40 feet. I hit an unbelievable putt. I, I don't know how it didn't go in, but hit a great putt, you know, made my bogey. I look up at the, the scoreboard right there and I'm you know I'm, I was the first to finish out of the three and I'm looking at the board and I'm like oh my god it says I'm 30th so and it's projected and usually those are pretty darn pretty darn good right right and it it registered that I finished and now I was 30th and I'm like and my heart sinks and I'm like there's no way there's 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 no way this story comes up and it happens this way and to me, of all people, like, and now I, I, and it's the uncertainty of like, okay, now what? Right. So my caddy looks at me and he's like, what do we do? And I said, well, you know, I'm going to go sign my scorecard and, you know, it is what it is. We'll figure it out. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. As I'm walking up, obviously you shake everybody's hand, whatever. Benny Cole's just, I was playing with him. He finished first on the points list. I was so happy for him. He's a hell of a guy. Yep. Super fun to play with. I learned a lot from him this year. Um, but so I walk off and, you know, adrenaline's still pumping. I, I don't know what's going to happen. It is what it is. Like, I'm just like, all right, going up here with an open mind. We're going to figure this out. So did, did you feel, Shad, did you feel in this moment, because you look at the board in your 30th, which mm-hmm. means you have a PJ Tour card. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like if you can go back to that moment on 18 green, did you feel like mm-hmm. I'm getting my PJ Tour card or did it feel slightly tainted because there was so much uncertainty in what was going on? To tell you the truth, I, I didn't allow myself to celebrate okay, because okay. I, I knew something was wrong. Gotcha. Like gotcha. you, you know that feeling, that sinking feeling that yep. when you, your gut feeling that you know something's off. Totally. So that was that was the feeling I had, and it's kind of a, it's like a few hundred yards of a walk um, to the scoring area where we were. So 
obviously I had time to think. I, I didn't really allow myself to kind of skew on things. Like okay. literally the only thing I was thinking about was what I did on 15. I was, I was trying to figure out what was going wrong. Like what is going on here? So um, I, I'm nervous walking. I'm, I'm hustling up there to try to figure out what's going on. Um, and one of the rules officials pulls me into the office. So it's, it's, <laughs> I called it the dungeon because it's like literally like beneath the entire clubhouse. You don't even know this room is there. Um, but so I walk inside and, uh, there's, um, another rules official in there. He's watching the TV, but he walks out as soon as I walk in and it's, um, me and two other rules officials that are in there. And he comes up to me and he's like, all right, we need to look at this video. I said, okay, fine. So we look at it and he's like, do you see an issue here? And I said, no, not, not even close. He said, where did you place the golf ball? And that was his first question. And at that moment, I was like, anything that I say right now is going to be used against me. Anything. I felt. Yeah. But let me set the stage even more. So I was the only one in there. I didn't have my caddy. I didn't have my playing competitors. Right. I didn't have anybody else in there with me, which is odd. Like you're supposed to have your playing competitors or somebody else in there you know, to kind of help out with the situation. Totally. Um, so I thought that was weird. And literally, Shane, like anything that I said, I felt like it would be used directly against me, which was the scary part. It was like you're on trial. It felt like it was like literally like Man. you were standing in front of a jury, right? It was It was one of the scariest moments I've ever had in my life. Because I was like, literally anything I say could have my tour card ripped away. Right. Like I, you know, whatever it was. So... He showed, I was, I, I just kept saying, just show me the video, just show me the video, keep showing me, like, whatever, like, I want to see it, and you tell me, he was like, he explained the rule to me to where when you replace the golf ball, it has to be on the exact same spot, he kept saying that, exact same spot where you, the, the ball rolled the first time, and in my eyes, where I was doing it, I thought that I did it, I placed the ball, picked it up kind of like this, and then put it back. In my eyes, that's what I thought I did. I thought I did the right thing. And obviously with the video, you know, and you can zoom in so close now, like you can get just to the centimeter of it. Yep. Like it was, I mean, I'm talking just the slightest, the slightest amount off. And that was it. There was no argument. I couldn't, obviously I did because I'm fighting for my life here. For sure. Um, and to be fair, it took about 20 minutes because I was like, I'm not signing the scorecard because I feel like I'm, you know, one, being interrogated. Two, I felt like, you know, why is this happening to me? Because I, I'm a good guy. I, I've always played by the rules. I mean, I've, I've called a penalty on myself three times. One was in final stage last or three years ago when I ultimately got my Corn Ferry Tour card from it. So it's like, I'm a guy that plays by the rules. I know the rules. I know exactly what I'm doing. Right. And this is being called on me. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is happening. So at that point, obviously you have to go upstairs. They kind of forced me to sign my scorecard. And that was that. Yeah. I mean, I, I equated it to this, Shad. I said, it's like going 56 and a 55, you know, like sure. Technically it could be considered speeding, but that's not why cops are out on the street. They're not out there to mm -hmm. pull somebody over going 56, even though I will say I once got a ticket going 73 <laughs> and a 70 and I had to go to driving <laughs> school and they were, and everybody's going oh. around the room and they're like, and I said, I went 73, 70 and everybody looked at me and they're like, man, that cop must have been a shitty day because yeah, that is brutal right. for you. Um, yeah. You're, you're having these conversations and it's, I mean, yeah. again, as you said, you're fighting for your life. You're fighting for your livelihood. I mean, I I've told my friends, I've told my wife, I've kind of explained, what had happened with you because mm -hmm. you know we're, we were in the unknown I and mean, we're in the broadcast booth and Gary Christian had mentioned it I think during a break yeah. and we're all going no way you know what we yeah, don't want this to happen right. to the worst human on the planet much less happen <laughs> to one of the good guys out on, yeah. on the tour right like we we yeah. never want these types of situations to cost somebody a PGA tour card so we are in a way kind of kind of dancing around it as well in the broadcast because mm -hmm. we don't know what's going to inevitably happen of course are you are you mad? Are you frustrated? Are you pushing back as these conversations are happening? Because I put myself in your seat and I would see myself 
doing all of those things where again you're like oh, yeah. the moment i leave this room it's done it, it's That's either it. going to be tour card yeah. or no tour card so you knew in that moment those 15 20 minutes were your opportunity to oh. get out of jail free or or yeah. be behind the bars i mean it, again let me let me stress that it's my life this is, like this is what you do i've literally worked that literally worked since 2016 to get to this point for yeah. this opportunity and the conversation that I just had took that away from me, which is yep. just mind blowing in the moment. You can't, you, I cannot put it in words how I felt because I felt every emotion on top of the adrenaline that I just come down from. And I was obviously distraught. I didn't want to sign the scorecard. I did everything I could to not because I felt like I, it was wrong. And I, I felt like I, the way, the way that it all happened too was just, just not right. And that was what I was confused about mostly, but Shane, the hardest part about what I did was um, I didn't think I did anything wrong. That was, that was what was really hard. And the second part of it was, so scoring was on the second story of the clubhouse. So you had to climb up these stairs. And then obviously as you walk out, you can kind of look and see like a panoramic view of whatever. Yep. And I saw, about 15 of my family members, uh, some of my closest friends, colleagues standing around, fellow professionals, caddies that are standing around, you know, that are waiting on this because obviously it, that spread like wildfire around right. what was going on. That was the hardest part was explaining to my family, to my wife, to my dad, you know, to my mom that was standing there, like, exactly what happened and you know my obviously we're more in touch with the game and how it goes and everything but when you explain something like that to somebody that doesn't really understand what's going on they're like no this is not right like we have to fight this we have to do that and i'm like you don't understand like kind of once you sign that scorecard yep. it's gone it's done there's literally nothing i can do about it and obviously at that point like the emotion hit so i, I had to go so graciously the dormy network and um, victoria national gave me a me and my family really a, a cabin to stay in okay out there so that's immediate like immediately where i went i went into my room and i let it all out man it was it was really hard and i i won't say you know what i did because that's personal um but yep. it was extremely hard and that was and I'm 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 not gonna be over this for a while, and I'm I'm gonna allow myself to heal, but it's it really hurts. It really hurts when you talk about the the healing process, starting the process mm -hmm. of trying to, it you know I mean you said it I I've called penalties on myself I've mm -hmm. I've done this since 2016 again I mean if people want to read through your bio I mean this is not went to Texas <laughs> won the U.S. Junior Amateur yeah. I mean right. you're the stories that people like myself love because mm -hmm. we know, I mean, listen, we know Jordan speed is going to be Jordan speed. We know right. Justin Thomas is going to be Justin Thomas. Like a lot of the layups are out there. It's the Zach Johnson stories that are fun to follow <laughs> a guy that went yeah. to Drake and didn't hit it a mile and kind of made his way up through the process. And you're in a similar vein to that, where again, mm -hmm. you didn't go to the biggest college. You weren't the most touted player. You've mm -hmm. literally put the time into the dirt to get to this point where you had an opportunity to go to the PGA tour. So as you're dealing with healing, is this talking to family, dealing with friends? Have you been talking to anybody like, like somebody that you can talk to in terms of like psychology to kind of try to figure out mm -hmm. a way to handle what you are going to be going through over the next few months? Because like you said, yeah. this doesn't just go away. Like next year, right. if you don't go through Q school and get your PGA tour card, there are going to be no moments next year on the corn Ferry tour where I'm sure you're going to be having a bad day going F this man, I shouldn't be. You know? <laughs> and I mean, you're going to have to figure out a way to not deal with that because you played well enough this year to get a PJ tour card and you know, you've right. got the game next year to do the same. So what has been that yeah. week like in terms of trying to figure out how you can deal with this in the best way? Yeah. So the first thing I did was called my, um, the first college coach I ever had. And I spoke to him for a good 30 minutes. And then I called this like Monday or Tuesday. What day? Was oh, this? no, I, I cut off my phone for two weeks. Oh, uh, oh wow. Okay. During, okay. during the during the entire tournament week, my phone was basically off. But then um, 
I, I'd say a week. It's probably, it was, I think it was five days that I had gotcha. my phone literally off. Like I, I didn't want to talk to anybody. Yep. I was, I was grieving. It was hard. It, it was, it was hard to come back home. Um, but I spoke to, uh, so one of my sponsors, um, his name's Bruce Moody for about an hour on the phone. And he told me, so backstory with them. So they are a hockey family. They're from Toronto and his son, Adam, um, played really high level hockey. His dad, Bruce played really high level hockey. Um, and he told me, he said, the first thing you need to do is the perfect thing that you did. You, you need to give yourself time. Second of all, you need to call somebody about, you know, mental coach yep. and to be able to actually heal the right way and go through everything. So I called a local guy that day. Um, he lives in Aiken and we went through it and we hashed it out. It is what it is. You know, tears were shed. You know, I was pissed. It, it is what it is, but we're taking those steps in the right direction. And um, another thing I did was I, I, one of my really good friends here is a great player, but he's, he's more of a trainer. Um, okay. And I, I hired him and we, I'm sore as shit, Shane. Oh my God. He has <laughs> you're like, ruined you're me. Like, I'm throwing weights <laughs> around, man. Man, I, I'm using this motivation to, uh, to, to get a little stronger, put it that way. But eight, eight pack Shad tootin' coming your way in 24. That's right. <laughs> oh yeah. That's it. So, you know, I, I'm doing those things and, um, actually something I wasn't really going to mention, but, um, you kind of need to know it. So after I played Thursday, I played a great round on Thursday. It was raining all day, um, finished up. And my wife was waiting there after my round in the rain without my son. And, you know, my son had come there. He's three months old. Um, without my son and uh you know i'm happy you know excited played a great round walk into my cottage and um she's like we need to go into the room we need to talk and i said okay my wife doesn't do this like she's not a serious person at all so um and she was very strong when she told me that my son was actually in the hospital um he after the first round after the first round Jeez. imagine that so so they said they took him to the Peyton Manning Children's Hospital right there in Ascension, I think it's called, um, right there in Evansville. Um, apparently he had a really bad allergic reaction to something that along the way with the travel, something happened. And then he had cellulitis in his left leg, and which turned into something crazy. I've never seen anything like it. But um, he had a 105-degree fever. Like, Oh, my. Check, checked all the boxes for a little sick baby, right? So – um, so I'm like, okay, so I just played a great round of golf. This is my life, right? I just played a great round of golf. I, uh, my wife comes in and talks to me and she's like, my mom's coming up. My, my sister's coming up. Like we've got everything covered outside of your realm. So you go play golf. And I have to, I have to give my wife some praise for that because she, this was, this was, Tuesday or sorry this was Wednesday morning at like or I guess Thursday morning at 2 a.m when this happened okay so she was like oh my god like do I call do I do I tell him anything like whatever so so that was that was just adding to the to the story right oh, so goodness obviously you have stress from you know the final event of the year trying to get your tour card but my son was sick too and how's he doing now he is awesome. Okay. He is just a little bundle of joy. He's yeah, healthy now. Yeah. Everything's good. Man. Good. Yeah. So, so that five days that I was at home, I had a lot of dad and son time. <laughs> we, good, we took good. Yeah. That, nothing will heal you faster than the little smiles, you know? Oh yeah. So, and he's starting to kind of coo and talk a little bit now, which is pretty cool. So oh, it's just, it's just um, the best. Um, do you, <laughs> do you look at, I mean, you've had some time to, as you said, mm -hmm. digest it and deal with it and, get away from everything and you're kind of now discussing it not just you know with people publicly you're having conversations about it sure how do you turn this into motivation i mean not just gym motivation but how do you turn in to one of the biggest roadblocks we've ever seen yeah. on the corn ferry tour literally a guy that is headed to the pga tour for the first time now not headed to the pga tour mm -hmm. how do you lean into this and make this the good story versus right shad tootin the guy that got dinged in 2023 and right. that was his pga tour potential yeah my my thing is and 
the thing that I want to stress about me and myself and my family, it's it, this, this situation happened. I made a mistake. It is what it is. I'm, I'm growing, I'm learning. And um, I guess to answer your question by the motivation from it, I have never had more motivation to go practice. Okay. When, when I have, when I have off seasons, I don't do anything, bud. I, I want to go fishing. <laughs> I want to go hunting. I want to drink my bourbon. Like I want to enjoy myself. <laughs> right. Buddy, you, you can't keep me away from the gym and the, and the, and the golf course right now, which is really different for me. Um, but it, it's kind of opened up a greater appreciation for the game really, because I know what I'm capable of. And obviously I played plenty well enough to earn my tour card without winning, which is really hard to do. And, um, I just know the player that I'm going to be from going through this situation and, and, and really more so the mental side, because I always say like from what I've gone through and everything with like growing up, like not really playing and not really being around the game, there is not a situation that I haven't been in. And I have to use that to my advantage and I will. And once I get into a pressure situation, I'm like, well, you know, this is nothing compared to what I went through. So nobody's tapping um, me on the shoulder on 17 T and 18 <laughs> fairway saying, Hey, by the way, we got to talk about this. I mean, yeah. you, you know, and even, even you saying something there, I find interesting. You said I made a mistake and you know, I mean, it, listen again, I said it, I mean, 56 and a 55, like a lot of yeah. people are not going to consider that speeding. You've even almost accepted that terminology, which mm -hmm. I feel like has got to feel like a bit of relief saying, listen, at the end of the day, it falls on me. I'm the golfer. Oh, if it was yeah. two inches to the left, two inches to the right, and you call it a penalty, I have to almost accept that it's a penalty or you're never going to get right. over it. It feels like you've almost accepted that part of it as well. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, that's, that was what um, my mental guy told me. He said, you know, you can fight this for the rest of your life. He said, but totally. you're 31 years old. You have the, the world by the hand with the golfing world. Like, you have to heal. And the first step is to accept, accept what you did and how it happened and everything to be able to grow from it. And that's, that was literally my first step. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Chad, when did, when did in, in this journey of yours playing professional golf, when did it go from I've I'm going to go give it a run mm -hmm. to realizing you had the potential to play competitively on these mm -hmm. tours, the corn Ferry tour. And then, like you said, I mean, a penalty away from being on the PGA tour, what clicked or when was that moment where you went, Oh, wow. I am good enough to, to do this for a living. So I played three and a half years, I would say on the PGA Latin American tour. And my final year there, I was having an awesome year playing great. And then I ended up winning the 2019 Brazilian open. And that was my realization of like, okay, I can do this. This is, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm going to get my corn fairy card. I played awesome in Q school that year and uh, pretty much set myself up for everything. And um, that was, I would say that point is where I really started taking it serious. I, you know, checking all the boxes to be able to get healthier and, and better and faster and more efficient with practice and, you know, kind of building my, my life and my family around that. And that's that point in 2019 was where I was like, okay, this is, this is what I'm going to do for a living. And I mean, it's interesting because, you know, so many golfers come from golfing families. You did not mm. come from a golfing family. I mean, that was not really a part of, of you growing up. Yeah. When did the bug bite you? I mean, what age was that? And when did you kind of go from, I'm going to go swing them in the backyard or I'm going to go swing with the driving range to I'm going to, I'm going to try to play either junior golf or high school golf or whatever. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. So my, my dad and mom split when I was younger, I was, I was about 10 years old and okay. I ended up moving to a small town called Elberton, Georgia, which is just outside of Augusta. Um, and my mom ended up dating this fella named John Sullivan. Um, 
and I quickly realized that he was by far the best golfer in the area. He was okay. he was a plus five <laughs> amateur. He was unbelievable. Um, and I would go into his his basement, and uh, he had all these all these collection of clubs that just had so much dust on them. And I'm like, he called him Sully. I'm like, Sully, you know, what are you doing with all this stuff? He's like, uh, it's just going to sit there. So I literally took a, uh, well, I didn't take them. He gave them to me, a set of spalding blades that were from the uh, probably early 90s. I mean, just full of dust. Like the grips were coming off of them. Like they were terrible, but I used them. And um, he would take me out probably once once or twice a week because at that point I was heavy into basketball um I had like two two practices a day I played from a high school like it was it was busy busy at that point and um he's kind of the one that kind of introduced me to the game and then there's a guy um his name was Mel Fleischer um his his son Nick Fleischer and Greg Fleischer played a, just a little bit on tour they they kind of went in and out of the mini tours and stuff but um, Mel Fleischer is the guy that really taught me the game. He he's passed now, but he was the guy that I I first found out that he shot his age from sixty to eighty, which Whoa. is just insane, unreal. Yeah, so I was like, I want to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so he taught he taught me a lot when I was really young, and um, this was when I was thirteen years old. So I got started pretty late in comparison to everybody else. Um, yeah. I mean, it, and it's interesting. You mentioned basketball. I, I, I always love diving into the player bios because you mm -hmm. can tell either an agent did them or somebody <laughs> scribbled down like two or three things. Yeah. You know, it was like going through registration and like, what are your interests? You actually have interest on your bio. You have karaoke line dancing. Yeah. You oh, mentioned yeah. basketball. I know you were a big basketball player, mm -hmm. rock climbing, kayaking. I had a couple questions on this. What is Shad Tootin's go-to karaoke song? Oh God! I knew you were gonna ask me that. Um, I really like "Roses" by Outkast. It's really fun. Oh, interesting! <laughs> I would not have guessed that. I would yeah, not have guessed that. That's your go-to, okay? I mean, to be fair, anything country, but I really you you give me two bourbons, I can rock a "Roses" by Outkast, bud. I'm telling you. <laughs> and then do you still do you still shoot? Do you still play hoops at all in any capacity at all? Um, I. I don't, I don't play. I, yeah, I enjoy going like to shoot. Or anything. And yeah. I, I enjoy going to, to shoot around and be with buddies that way. But um, to be fair, I need to do it. I, I've been, I've been working out too much. I probably can't shoot right now. My shoulders are so sore. <laughs> Alligator arms. Oh yeah. You're doing dinosaurs <laughs> on the jumper. It's like yeah. no chance in hell I'm making that. Um, what has it been like in terms of like, what I found so interesting about covering the corn Ferry tour is that brotherhood on the tour because it's mm -hmm. really there. It really exists. I mean, oh, you talk about the old European tour world, how everybody mm -hmm. would kind of travel together and be buddies. I find it so cool that the corn Ferry tour kind of feels like that. Yeah. What has it been like once you turned the phone on and you started to kind of oh, read through man. the messages, what has it been like in terms of out outreach from players about what had happened? Well, first of all, I cut on my phone and it crashed because there was so much coming in at that one point, which is just crazy to me. But I counted out of the top 30 that, that made it, um, 15 of those guys reached out to me, which I thought was unbelievable. Wow. Like just so cool. So cool to have that support. And obviously, you know, through the years, you know, you know, guys and they reach out to you and whatever, but, um, I, I think, yes, to answer your question, like the camaraderie between the professionals out there is so tight. I, there's not a guy out there that I haven't said, Hey, to, or, or know their story, know their kids' names. Um, and let me say this, too, while, while I'm thinking about it. Um, Rafa Campos is the best guy I've ever met out there. And he's, he's Mr. 30. He, he, he basically got his card because of the penalty. Yes, right. he finished. Yeah, right. And, you know, people are going to assume that there's going to be animosity between, you know, whatever, between him getting the 30th card. I literally went to a cookout with him on Friday night. Like he cooked for the truck guys and I was there and I helped him cook. And like, let me say this. I have never met someone nicer and more genuine in my life than Rafa Campos. I, I think the world of him and I sent him a message and I, I told him that. And he literally sent me like three paragraphs back of like, I love playing with you. I learned something from you every time I play, you know, there's there's no animosity whatsoever. I love the guy, and I'm I'm really happy for him because he's worked hard, just just as hard as I have, 
you know, to get, you know, where he is. So I wanted to say that because he's a hell of a guy and he's, he deserves it. And he's so fun to be around. So I'm excited to see him um, perform out there next year. Uh, where is the focus on Q school right now for you? I mean, is it all building towards that? Because again, you talk about, uh, and I don't want your mind to go there necessarily, but mm -hmm. when you talk about, you know, great kind of bounce backs or mm -hmm. stories or Hollywood or whatever, I mean, you going to Q school and finishing top five and getting your PJ tour card that way sure would make the story all the better because obviously right now people are looking at a guy yeah. that gets dinged for a silly rule and, and doesn't have his PJ tour card. So mm -hmm. how do you kind of prepare for Q school and how do you also keep your brain yeah. within round and not thinking about, you know, all the work you need to put in to go out there and do what you're trying to do? Yeah, it's it's one thing to kind of prep for a tournament, but prepping for a this is completely new for me, by the way, because this Q school is very new. This is the first year that the tour is, you know, allowing spots from Q school again. So it's almost a freeing moment to know that you're going to Q school and to know that you have to finish top five because it kind of frees you up a little bit. You try to just go win the golf tournament. Right. And if you don't, you still have a job for next year. Like I've never you know, experience anything quite like that. Um, but in regards to prep for the year, um, I, I've got a few things coming up within the next few weeks to kind of get my bag set before I get gotcha. there. That's gotcha. really important for me, um, for my mental state and everything. You know, it's one last thing to worry about. And you're, you're able to come home and, you know, practice and actually play with the equipment that's going to get you to where you need to be. So that's that's another step that I'm taking to kind of, finalized prep for Q school. Yeah. Get the bag dialed in and get yourself mm -hmm. ready. I mean, obviously it's in December. We're covering the final two days. So hopefully you'll be yeah. in the window. Um, I, I wanted to ask before we went, um, you were at the Oh five masters when tiger chipped yeah. in, were you yeah. at 16 when it happened? Were you around there? I was sitting just to the left of where the camera was. Yep. I was sitting right there. I, I was how, I mean, how, how old are you at this point? I mean, you're, what are you like 20? I was 12. Oh, you're, Oh, you're a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was very young. I, I, yeah, I was, I believe, yeah, I was just about to have my 13th birthday. So I was 12 and uh, I was <laughs> just, there to see the coolest moment ever. I was just like, there's no way this guy just did this. And, and it was a terrible live. And for him to get that much spin is just baffling. I, well, I, that's, you know, a lot of people ask me like, what's your favorite moment in golf? And, you know, what's the, what's the best thing that you've ever done? And I'm like, well, it's not me. Like, it's what I saw. <laughs> like, that was, that was by far the coolest moment. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. Oh, the, the, any, I, it was funny. I was prepping for this uh, the last couple of days and I went back mm. and just watched it just to remind myself oh, how God. freaking unbelievable the golf shot was <laughs> and yeah. like how low, how low he hit it. Oh. And like you said, how much spin he got off it. And, um, you know, I mean, some people just, throw the Hail Mary and the guy catches it. And some yeah. guys, you know, hit the putt and it rolls down the hill and it bumps, bumps, bumps like Tory right. Pines and it goes in. And obviously Tiger had that in spades. Um, Shad, I really appreciate, A, I really appreciate mm -hmm. you doing this because um, like you said, I, kn I know this has been a brutal mm -hmm. last couple of weeks. I, I will say, looking at you on the Zoom, hearing mm -hmm. the way you're talking about this, it feels like this will, if it hasn't already, will eventually turn into that positive motivation, yeah. which everybody's kind of looking for. I mean, if not for this, you would have been hunting and fishing and not touching your golf clubs <laughs> and not spending time in the gym. And when you think about yeah. all that stuff, like I'm sure, I know you'd rather be doing that. I know you'd rather yeah. be sitting there with a bourbon going, what, when is the Sony? When yeah. are we getting uh, but, that's right. I mean, yeah. you still have the, you still have an opportunity to do that. And we'll be excited to cover you obviously at Q school, but yeah, I mean, feels like you're in a place you need to be. And I mean, that's yeah. uh, what you're looking for. And if nothing else, you got the three month old, uh, what's your son's that's name? Right. Mikey, Mikey, you got Mikey there. Mm -hmm. It's funny. I, I, I have a bad day or something's going wrong. I've got a four-year-old son and a one and a half year old daughter and yeah. um, I'll come home and, and dad comes out of my daughter's mouth oh. and you're like, I'm good. Actually, it's all fine. Yeah. Everything's yeah. good. I don't care that they lost my golf clubs. <laughs> like I don't care that I got bumped on the flight. Like it's going to yeah. be okay. So there is always that positive out of the negatives yeah. and uh, it feels like you're at least accepting that, which is a good thing. For sure. Yeah. I appreciate it. And it's, I'm not saying it's been easy. It's been the hardest thing I've ever had to do um, top to bottom in my life. And, you know, I'm going to learn, like I said, I'm going to learn from it. I'm growing and I'll be a better person. And that's, uh, I'm accepting it, which is really cool. Have you, did you have anybody random text you by the way, like any 
tour player that you've never talked to or an athlete you didn't talk to or somebody on the media side that you didn't know much about? Like, did you get any of that stuff? Because I knew this, um, this story was outside of the yeah. Corn Ferry tour sphere. You know, I mean, I, I got messages for a couple of days about it from golf, mm-hmm. from golf media people that never cover the Corn Ferry tour. So, I mean, it's, it obviously <laughs> has gone outside of, of, of our little world, you know? Yeah. To, to be fair, um, I had probably 50 people that I'd, I'd never really talked to that really are wow. either around the game of golf or whatever. Um, I think the the coolest, I would say the coolest person um, that reached out to me was Cole Swindell. Like I don't yeah. know him at all, and um, I, I know I know Darius a little bit, but like I'm pretty sure that like he would get his number from Darius Rucker, and then he would message me, which is just crazy. Um, but obviously, like Cole and I, like I, I look at a lot of similarities between us. I'm a big Braves fan, like. You know, I love country music and like I, I obviously support him too, but um it's just it's so it's so crazy that somebody like that would reach out to me and be like, Hey man, keep your head up, you know, we're 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 doing good. <laughs> you're like, Who is this? And like yeah, Paul right. you're like, Oh, this is badass. Like, let me save your number <laughs> yeah. real quick. Thank you very right, much. Yeah. Um well, Shad, again, thanks so much for the time. We'll be rooting for you yeah. at Q School. Uh if you're listening to the broadcast on Saturday and Sunday and Shad's around the top five, you will hear me rooting in a positive manner i won't absolutely say go shad but i'll be thinking about it in uh hopefully 2024 you got a card and uh and we're dialed in yeah thanks shane i I really appreciate the support and the the opportunity awesome an enormous thanks to shad for the time i say that a lot at the end of these podcasts i mean it most of the time i really really mean it here Uh, he did not have to do this he did not have to share a story about what had happened everything good bad and otherwise that went down on that sunday and he did it way better than I thought any pro golfer could do it. So a uh, big shout out to Shad. We will be rooting hard for him in December at Q School. If he finishes top five at Q School in December, he will get his PJ Tour card. So Hollywood script writers, now that we're all back writing again, keep your eye on this because this could be an epic one. And uh, we'll be covering that on Saturday and Sunday of Q School. It'll be me and Nitties and Gary Christian down uh, for PJ Tour Q School. So keep an eye out for that in early December. Uh, Yeah, that's all I got. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. We've got some fun guests coming up. I'm going to do a crazy pod with Claire Rogers in the next couple weeks. I've got, uh, who else? i got Patrick Koenig's going to come on, talk about his journey this year to play the most golf of anybody in the history of golf in a single year. I played around with him a couple of months ago. We got that coming your way. I think Will Zalatoris might come on as well. So we've got some fun pods headed your way soon. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you guys next week. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.